Hi, I'm Anna Harris. Welcome to our podcast. Please join us as we talk to experts, ministers, and prophetic voices from around the world on topics relevant for today. I hope you enjoy this message. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for the podcast today. Uh, I'm Anna Harris, and I wanted to give you a little brief um, introduction to Anna Harris Ministries. Uh, We are called to spread the revelation of the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and to help people live wholehearted, transformed, free lives as his sons and daughters. We offer in-person and online teaching, personal heart healing, prayer ministry, retreats, and seminars. Our website has blogs, videos, podcasts, and other products to help you be all that God created you to be. Uh, Through my years as a full-time minister, Um, I've come in contact with some amazing teachers and leaders, and I will be inviting a lot of them to share their expertise and wisdom with you. Uh, I'm also, I have had a long time vision to open a retreat center to be a safe place for people to come and have refreshing and healing. And I am now very excited to announce that I'm in the planning stages of opening one in the beautiful hill country of Texas. Um, Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Today's guest I'm excited to announce is um, Doug Crew, the executive director of Shiloh Place Ministries in South Carolina, the ministry that was founded by the late Jack Frost and his wife, Tricia. Uh, I was very impacted by that ministry uh, many years ago. It was my introduction to the Father Heart of God. And so I wanted to invite Doug on here just to to chat with him and to um, just really hear what's on his heart right now. But I'm going to go ahead and open in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for what you have for us. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the revelation of your love that ministers to every person. We thank you for that transforming love filling us. Yes, just coming and bringing us peace today, bringing us comfort today. Father, we know that you lead us into all truth. And so we just thank you, Lord, that you have your way today. You say what you want to say through Doug, through me today. And we just thank you for um, every person listening that they would be ministered to and blessed today in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Amen. Well, welcome, Doug. I'm so glad that you agreed to um, join me today. And I gave a little introduction, but why don't you just go ahead and um, keep going and tell people more about yourself and Shiloh Place Ministries. All right. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's uh, great to be here. I'm excited about it. Um, For those of you that uh, a lot of people out there might have heard the names Jack Frost and Trisha Frost, but they've never heard the name Doug Crew. Um, I happen to marry into the family. I am married to Sarah. Uh, There are stories out there in books and audio and video about Sarah. I married her, uh, gosh, what, 17 years ago now. And um, 
about three years ago, I took over uh, the ministry, fully took over the ministry. I mean, I guess technically I'm the president. I never put a title beside my name, but, uh, uh, you know, technically speaking, Trisha handed things over. She took Mm -hmm. over after uh, Jack passed away in March of 2007 and kind of uh, marched through a lot of difficult stuff and kept uh, going forward and and sharing the message and, you know, really... uh, having to step out there and be the one out front, you know, after coming out of the shadow of somebody like Jack, who was, right. you know, larger than life. Not only was he six, five and this, you know, size 15 shoes and all that stuff. He was just a larger <laughs> than life character on the platform, you know? Right. And right. so she came out and did that and she um, headed things up and, and I came on uh, the end of 2009 uh, to help out. Uh, Cause she was actually, she was starting to go out more and that kind of thing and needed help. And uh, so we had gone from this big staff down to basically Trisha and my sister-in-law because, you know, what happened was Jack got sick. We had a housing crash, Jack died, and we had a market crash. Mm -hmm. And so we went from this world where Jack's going out and speaking to a thousand, three thousand people, whatever it is, you know, every week to a lot of the people that were supporting us, a lot of the team that were coming to events all the time, all of a sudden, you know, their, their, their wealth is cut, cut in half because of a market crash and that kind of thing. So, uh, it, it got really small, really fast. Mm, and, wow. um, so that's the, what we kind of were digging out of and, um, and Trisha was going out, she was speaking at Randy Clark's. She was, she was in Toronto. She was at your church several times and that right. kind of thing. Yeah. She did and, an amazing job of, stepping up after not being the main speaker, but then Mm -hmm. really stepping into it. I was really, really just proud of her and amazed at that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard work uh, Mm -hmm. when, you know, it's hard work to kind of step into to the role with anybody there, but then to step into the role where Jack had been is, you know, even more difficult. So she did an amazing job at that. And, but uh, she just, she just really wasn't wanting to lead the ministry. She wanted to speak and connect with people. That's her thing. That's her big thing. As far as leading the ministry, that wasn't her thing. And then, you know, so then like a year after that, she decided she kind of needed a break from the road. She'd done, she didn't really fly. So she did like 600,000 road miles since Jack had passed away ministering. And so, and that's when I moved into really taking over. I started picking up some more speaking dates and I was doing that kind of thing. And so, uh, now, um, you know, I, I go, I've been going with her now for the past few years to Randy Clark's and we split teaching and we do that kind of stuff. And then there's other things I do on the road. And then we have a team that we do events with, um, uh, the, our own events, uh, retreats, uh, we actually, um, will be our first in-person retreat uh, or in event that we're planning will be a retreat down in, uh, Danbury, Texas, uh, oh. in April. That's the okay. first thing we're looking at. So not too far from you. Are um, so um, what a different anyway. year, wasn't it? Just a yeah, yeah. You know, everything got canceled and everything in person and yeah. just, that was know. that was actually the last in person event we did was at Danbury, Texas. And oh, the first okay. we did afterwards, we'll be back at Danbury, yeah. Texas. That's great. So, What's the topic of that retreat? That is going to be, so we have a couple of different things. We have one that we call Power Father's Love, which is like uh, a lot of people have probably seen Experiencing Father's Embrace. A book and DVD set and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And so the yeah. powers of power of father's love is right in there. Uh, then we have another one we call the heart of sunship, which follows the slavery to sunship uh, material. And we have another one we do a little less frequently called unbound, which follows sort of the breaking free, uh, which mm-hmm. is the stuff that sort of came from um, um, 
the Elijah house. Uh, yeah. A heart which, healing kind of things. Yeah. yeah. And I'm completely, I can't Sanford's. The Sanford's. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm blanking on I wanted to call them the Kilsters. Um, so anyway, so those are kind of the things we do. And we also do a training event, ministering fathers love training uh, event. And so those are the big, the big topics that we do. And this one coming up is going to be power fathers love. Yeah. That um, sounds great. So, yeah. I was wondering if, cause I haven't actually heard this story. Um, how you came to the revelation of the father's love. I saw a little bit on the website that it was Sarah that introduced you, but can you tell us like how that happened and yeah, what well, happened um, in your heart? Well, I came, I came to the Lord at 23 years old and I was kind of a mess. You know, I'd been in, I, I'd been going to school, trying to find myself and, you know, changing majors and just all over the place. And I, and I was just a, a bit of a mess. And, um, so I was at a place where I had uh, had finally graduated with a degree, uh, a very useful degree in theater. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out there's redemption in that, though. I'll, I'll tell you about it. But so I met her, and I was doing construction after I had my degree, and I, and I and I met Sarah, and I'd heard, you know, living around here, it's like you don't really know. I remember the first time I went to Toronto with Sarah and like all these people were like, you know, Jack, 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 Jack. And I was like, you know, I'd heard of them here, but locally didn't really talk about it. So anyway, I'd heard of it and I was interested in the ministry. So I, you know, struck up conversations with her and stuff. And she ended up handing me, um, bringing back, she goes, I'm going to bring you some of his material. So she brings me it's time his cassette tape of his, uh, of his testimony. And then the uh, exposing Bitterroot stronghold series, which we call breaking free now. And says, check this out. And, you know, so that kind of started really undoing me. I mean, she obviously knew something that I didn't know at the time. She could see it. <laughs> and, I, you know, and I began to think, oh, my gosh, I've been judging my father. And, you know, I'm, you know, my biggest fear is that I'm going to become my father. And, you know, I never wanted to say it, but I knew it and I, I knew it inside. And so she gave me some more of his material. And so I'm listening to it. And um, and I hadn't had a chance to see him and speak in person at this point. Uh, but, uh, Mark and Jane Berlinson had come down uh, from Toronto to start working at Shiloh place. And they were going to be speaking at chip judge church in Georgetown on just a Wednesday night, just a kind of a one-off on a Wednesday night. And so I was helping the youth at our church with their worship team. And so I went in there and I did worship with the youth. Sarah and I jump in the car, drive 45 minutes down to Georgetown and um, get into the meeting. And there's like, I don't know, there's like 10 minutes left of the teaching or something like that. Not a big deal. I've now been listening to Jack teach it. And she says, uh, you know, and they call people up for ministry time. And she's like, go up, go, go. So I go up and, and my background is more of a charismatic, um, like uh, hyper faith is where I came into, which is kind of strange too, because I was always a very different person. I came into wearing a tie while I was on the worship team from being like mm -hmm. a skater punk type of person. <laughs> so anyway, so, but I, you know, I was like, you, you know, I go up and you stand on the line. That's what you do in, in, in our kind of church. And, you know, and I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to get the prayer and I'm going to boom. And it's all going to, you know, happen for me in this moment. And so I'm standing there, my eyes closed, my, my hands out like this. And Along comes Jane and she, she touches me in the palm of my hand. And I was just like, you know, what in the world is she doing? I was like, that's not, you know, hand on the head, power of God laid out on the floor. That's what I'm used to. That's what I was right. expecting. 
I was like, that's weird. And so she just kind of moved on after a second. And I'm like, you know, there's that whole thing. Like she knows something that I don't know there again. Uh, everybody can see it, but me. And um, Mark comes by and he says, he says, why don't you lay down? <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, lay down. I don't, I, you know, you know, just lay down on the floor. You get knocked down. What are these people thinking? You know, and Sarah right, says, right. Sarah's like, lay down, lay down. You know, we're just dating. So I'm listening. I'm, I'm obeying. And so I lay down on the floor and I'm laying there on the floor and he comes back by and I'm just kind of like, okay, God, what do you, you know, so whatever. I don't know, really know why I'm laying on the floor, but whatever, what's going on. And he comes back by and he says, you have questions and God wants to give you answers. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm sure I do. But I, I, right now I don't know what that is. I'm just laying on the floor of the church. So um, all of a sudden, a couple of minutes later, it felt audible, but you know, I know that it, that it wasn't, but it was just like, why did you leave? Mm. And so my dad had left my mother uh, and, and I, when I was four years old for mm. a woman that lived down the street. Wow. And um, that was a big you know, deal. Cause suddenly, you know, we're living, you know, I'm like five years old now, you know, when it all shook, shook out, I was like five. And so I, I, I've been like, I'm living in different houses, but I know this woman that's in, in, and the kid and her kids are like the first people I ever knew. And so they're like mm -hmm. my friends. And, and then, um, they, you know, that, that goes on for about a year. And now I'm living in this uh, apartment complex and my mom and these kids are tougher and rougher than what I'm used to. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's this whole new world for me. And so, you know, that shook me up. And finally, my, my mom and I moved to South Carolina here to uh, North Myrtle Beach because my grandparents were here just to get away from the situation because it was mm -hmm. not good. And, um, you know, I, it, and I grew up knowing the story of what happened, right? And, and mm -hmm. you know, I, I knew all of that. And so getting here to this place at, you know, 32 years old, and, and that's the question? Yeah. <laughs> you know, wow. So that was still, that little boy was still wondering. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That four-year-old had that question. And that question was causing me to be, to have like this constant underlying like tension that other people could feel like Jane could feel Sarah could feel mm -hmm. that, you know, just that constant in me, which was probably a, a, you know, an underlying pain. It was probably a lot of things and it probably may come yeah. out as maybe a little edgy. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but so, so that was my boom. That was my introduction into it. And like Jack's story of, you know, being on a ball of snot and tears on the floor of the fire hall up there in Toronto. That was me, not for 45 minutes, only for about 10. I wasn't quite as much a mess as he was, but <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. And then a few months later, probably, um, you know, Jack was in, in, uh, town. I think it was the shallow place family reunion and he prayed a father's blessing over me. And that was another huge one for me. Mm. Um, so, so talk that, about what happened, like when, when you're laying on the floor crying and then also when he's praying over you, like what's happening in your heart? What are you feeling at that time? Well, when, uh, on the, in Conway, when, I mean, in uh, Georgetown, when that happened, um, I was just like, it was just, I, I was just kind of undone and like a, somebody popped a balloon mm. and all this pain just 
just yeah. you know flew out of it that I didn't even know was there. Wow. And I was just like, oh, that was the thing that hurt so bad. Mm-hmm. That when I'm listening to Jack teach on the tape and I'm listening to the exposing bitter roots and I'm listening to and I'm worried about the fact, you know, I'm listening to exposing bitter roots and I'm thinking, oh, I judge my dad, da 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 da. And then so, you know, but I never got down to the core of what that was. And it was like, that was the core of what it was. And it's like, that's why you're judging your dad right there. That's why you're, you know, scared you're going to become him. That's why, because you have these unanswered questions of a little four-year-old boy. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, I always thought of myself as a pretty mellow person, you know, not mm-hmm. too, I mean, since, well, when I was in high school, I was pretty angsty, but, you know, afterwards getting saved and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then I realized, man, I, I don't think I ever really knew how to relax. Hmm. And so like when I say I could, like I couldn't relax, I mean, like, you know, I could relax if I was worn out from surfing or work or, you know, whatever, but like, like, I mean, like rest and be at peace. Right. Not On the inside. Tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was kind of a, a, a big deal. And then when Jack prayed over me, prayed the father's blessing over me, it was like this, oh, that's what mm. I've been missing yeah. all this time. You know, and, and as I pr- began to process it later, and even even today, I, I realized that I had got earlier on, even in that like charismatic hyper faith church, there was a couple of guys in there that tried to reach out to me, but I, you know, I, I wasn't. My my thinking at the time was, I'm not really, I don't care about all do all that guy stuff or whatever. I'm fine. I got you know mm-hmm. friends, and I can do my thing, whatever. But what they were, you know, what they saw and what they were trying to do was to provide some kind of mentoring and some kind of, you know, something like that into my life because they, they realized there was something missing there. Um, but, you know, so a lot sooner I could have had that, that male elder male voice speaking into my life, whether it was directly mm-hmm. blessing me or not, I, I could have had it a lot sooner, but my pain was keeping me from getting it. Wow. And, you know, so in that moment of Jack praying blessing over me, uh, you know, was huge on that level. And then the other level that, you know, at that time he was getting ready to become my father. Mm-hmm. You know, we knew we were going to get married at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that was, you know, a bigger deal that like, wow, you know, actually finally there's, you know, a male figure in my life that plays that role. Um, Cause my mom never remarried. Um, yeah, I had a coach here and there that was, you know, you know, yeah. temporary, you know, there, that kind of thing, but no real voice in my life. My, my uncles were too far away, all the pretty good guys, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, that, 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 those realizations and, um, the fact that, you know, those are the gifts that those are the things that God wanted to give mm-hmm. me. Yeah. It's like he was preparing your heart to be able to receive it too. You know. Yeah, to re- to receive him in a completely different way, and mm-hmm. to just you know to be able to receive that as a gift from him, uh, you know that that kind of voice as a gift from him uh, into my life, and uh, that you know, and just the then the the obvious thing that wow, I've been a Christian for what almost 10 years at that point and and I'd been missing this the whole time that kind of was just yeah you know. yeah I remember having that feeling it's like where has this been I've been in church a really long time but didn't meet the father until a bit later so yeah so what was it what is it like leading the ministry now after 
you know, having someone like Jack Frost that started it, um, who, like you said, is larger than life. And, um, you know, it, it's now it's your personality and, you know, that kind of thing. So what is it like um, leading the ministry now? Well, you know, that's definitely a challenge because, um, you know, obviously I wasn't a fishing boat captain, so I didn't have harrowing stories at sea to tell mm -hmm. from the platform, you know, uh, you know, so, so there's that, you know, I have my life story that to share and, you know, and, and now it's not a big deal, but for a while it was a struggle to figure out how that really connected with people. It seems so common. It wasn't, you know, I didn't have drunks for parents. I didn't have abusive parents. I didn't have, you know, all this stuff that comes out of all these stories. And then even with Trisha, a lot of the, you know, her stuff, because it was connected to their relationship, you know, and then, um, you know, her father who was sick often when they were little and all that kind of, kind of stuff. Um, it, it was, it was difficult to say, okay, okay, this is gonna, this is gonna matter, you know, as far as like running mm -hmm things that's that that wasn't a, a problem i mean there's always a struggle with small ministries and stuff like that trying to figure out marketing and getting your getting seen you know right. uh, that right. kind of stuff that you have to always figure out you know and, and that that's you know challenging but it was mostly that okay this is a whole nother shift mm -hmm. for everybody paying attention to us how many people are going to really come with us um how mm -hmm. am i going to lose a substantial amount of donors because they're really donating to Tricia mm -hmm. uh, and not the overall vision necessarily. And we had some of that, um, but it wasn't as much as I was concerned would be. And we, and we picked up uh, people that have connected to uh, not just me, but the team we bring along, Robin and Phyllis Primrose who, who come along with us and they do a lot of in the area of PTSD and April and Keith Jones who are in Lake Jackson, Texas. That's how we get hooked up at Danbury. Um, do a lot in the area of their, because um, uh, they were touched deeply by Shiloh Place years ago, and then they walked through a lot of things, and they bring their story of, um, you know, walking through pornography and affairs and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, um, and then I, you know, I do do stuff on my own, but it's kind of like we, we, you know, working with that that group of people has has brought a whole new crowd of people around us. Um, yeah, it and, seems like you have an amazing team that you've, you yeah. know, cultivated. Mm -hmm. And I've been blown away by that. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Are y'all sure? Y'all sure y'all are long for this ride? Cause I don't know where we're going with it exactly. Yeah. Um, but the, um, just the, the, the going out and the trying to shape the new, the new vision and the new direction, even though it's not terribly mm -hmm. different. I mean, we're always going to be based in father's love and, uh, um, and sonship mm -hmm. I and mean, that's not changing, mm -hmm. you know, that, that it just, I mean, it would be a different ministry if that was to, to change. Um, but it's, you know, it's been, it's been a ride to, to, to discover we, when you start getting that kind of pressure on you, you discover, you learn even more stuff about yourself that you didn't mm -hmm. know. Right. Um, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Um, you learn how to, uh, you have to learn how to um, center yourself, how to, you know, not let um, negative things that happen and occur mistakes you made, that kind of stuff to, you know, to kind of rule you uh, while you go through this transition. Because mm -hmm. it's one thing to build a ministry from scratch around something that was uniquely you and it mm -hmm. just, you know, and it grows out of you. 
Uh, it's another thing to try to figure out how to navigate fitting in to something that was already there. It's been, a, that, that has been um, a bit of a, sh- a struggle, mm-hmm. even though, you know, the major point of my life is that revelation of father's love. And, and I hold tight to that. Sometimes you, you know, I, I begin to see things differently a little bit from the way Jack originally, you know, was preaching it, mm-hmm. but Jack was always changing too. If you look mm-hmm. at Jack's last series, the um, uh, father's love transforming our world, mm-hmm. you can see glimpses of him looking into the future and looking into different things. And, you know, and so I, he, the message would have evolved with right. him as well. So I have to say, okay, you know, I don't have to stay with all the same points that he used. I can even right. ditch a couple because I don't think they were right on. And I think probably he would have done that. Mm-hmm. And revelation is progressive as well. Yeah. And, you know, the Holy Spirit's always showing us, you know, showing us things. And as big as mm-hmm. the book is, so people go read the book. And then they come and they hear me say, so sometimes there's a little tension. Well, Jack said this in the book. I'm like, well, yeah, but, and, and that hasn't been a, a, a major issue because mm-hmm. yeah, it's not like I'm directly contradicting something he said in the book. We're just kind of shifting it a little bit. So, mm-hmm. and how would you say, because the uh, father heart revelation has been, um, you know, really being poured out for quite a while now. Um, And I find this with myself. It's like, it is for me, the main thing in my life that turn that has changed my life so much. Um, And I want to make sure that we keep it relevant. You know, like it's not something that happened at one point. And now, you know, we move on from that, you know, to me, it's like, it is still relevant. It is who God is. And it's what we need for our hearts, you know, for our lives and to know who we are as our identity as, as his kids. And I just, I don't want it to become, you know, um, just something that, that was like a, an event way back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we definitely, you know, triggered earlier on to kind of running into that. Um, where like, you know, Trisha would, be connecting with people where they had been before and stuff like that. And the kind of response sometimes would be like, yeah, we're more into, you know, we're moving in this direction now. And it's like, it's, and and I understand changing direction, but you don't really move away from the message of father's Mm -hmm. love, you know? And so that was a, that was a struggle for us. And, and I think things too, like uh, people hear Bill Johnson and Bill Johnson mentions father's love and he might talk about it a little bit. And it's like, so everybody's talking about it, which is mm-hmm. great. I love mm-hmm. that. But at the same time, it makes it kind of like, well, you know, well, Bill's talking about it, but Bill's not real. T- he's mentioning it. He's talking about it. And I think Bill would say this. I'm not, you know, I think Bill would say, well, no, I'm not ministering that to you specifically. I'm talking mm-hmm. about it because it's central mm-hmm. to everything. <laughs> right. And right. Uh, so, you know, people then kind of move on because the, you know, because of that. But I think the, the remedy to that, the, um, the, what I'm seeing is, 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 you know, so you're absolutely right. When people get this revelation, it's the foundation. Of, you kind of have to re rebuild your foundation mm-hmm. to include it and in everything because it's exactly. not a thing. It's not 
like the latest prophetic movement or the latest this, the latest that. It's the thing that that should be foundational to all those things that come yes. along. It's like yes. it's the bookshelf that everything. Mm-hmm. That's what Jack. I think Jack Winter is the one who said mm-hmm. that originally. But uh, you know, Jack used to talk about it all the time. Father's love is not a book on the shelf. It is the bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, we don't. We want to just hear about the Father's love. It's the revelation that has to that comes into our heart and changes. Yeah. Our heart. Yeah. All the other things that we talk about should sit on that. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, atonement of uh, um, eschatology. Everything should come. You know, should be, you know, be filtered right. through that. Yes. So, um, but the. What I've been seeing over several years now, and now it's like really coming out, and I've, and I've struggled with how to talk about it exactly. I'll insert it here and there and what I'm sharing is that, you know, this is really discipleship. And I ran into a pastor a couple of years ago um, who his little, little church up in Syracuse, and um, they do a lot of missions stuff. But so he has this discipling program he does. And the first three months they do, they answer this one question, who is God? Mm. In the second three months, they answer who am I? Mm, Which is exactly how I had started interpreting, well, what's the difference between the power of Father's love and the heart of sonship? Mm -hmm. Well, power of Father's love is beginning to understand who God really is when we, you know, uh, when we take a look at the lenses we have seen him through, either from our religious upbringing or our our family of origin. And sonship is um, who we are to God and who we are to the world. Mm -hmm. You know, so to explain it in those two different ways. So when he said that, I was like, wow, I was like, yes. I was like, yeah. that's how this clicks together. Right. So, you know, it is, this is a core of discipleship. Mm-hmm. When you're figuring out who Father God really is and who you really are to him, that is discipleship. And so I've begun, you know, trying to reframe uh, how we talk about this. So it's not just a thing. It's not just a message. It's just not another revelation. Because uh, we, you know, because like I came out, the the charismatic church I came out of and stuff, discipleship wasn't. It, it was there, obviously, like there was, a, I was in some good Bible studies and there was a, there was a, um, like I said, a couple of guys that reached out to me, but it wasn't like, Hey, discipleship is something you do as a believer. You know, that's, you know, this is, if you really want to understand who you are and really who God is, you need to dive into this. And so if you look at discipleship as learning who God is and who you are mm-hmm. and, you know, and not learning like what, I don't know, the Romans wrote or, or what, you know, different things are, this is how you're supposed to think as a Christian, you know, cause I think some people get that view of discipleship, mm-hmm. um, as, you know, and they tell you how you're supposed to think of all those scripture passages or whatever. But, um, if you look at it in this new light, and I, so I think there's something to that reframing this and saying, Hey, this is a baseline. This is not for people that are messed up. Mm-hmm. This is not, this is not for people that just really need that inner healing because they've been through hell and back. This is something that as a believer, you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so easy to kind of drift away from it because, because of religion, because of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that most of us actually grew up, you know, eating Mm -hmm. from that's a whole other story, (laughs) but um you know, it is so easy to drift away. And I think we, we need to be sort of re-immersed a lot of times, even when we have been introduced to the father, it's good to have that refreshing and, mm-hmm. you know, just get our hearts like refreshed in it again. But yeah. um, can you talk about, um, you have children now and um, how did that change your um, view of father God or did it. And, 
you know, how, how was that when you had children? It feels so like, uh, I don't know, trite or whatever to say, but you know, you, you, you hold your, your child in your arms from a little baby and you know, you just, you're just so in love and you can't, you can't imagine anything bad ever happening to them. It would just break your heart. Mm -hmm. And then they go through things like, you know, they're growing a little bit and maybe they get hurt. And if you see them take a really hard fall, it's like, oh, you know, and you, mm -hmm. you know, you just can't stand it hardly. And if they get sick, oh my gosh, to watch a little, a little baby be sick, is mm -hmm. just the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, I think even more so than some people, because I didn't have that, you know, I didn't have a father around in my life from the age of four on pretty much. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have that understanding of that relationship. So for me, it's kind of like learning it um, from scratch. And right now I have a 13 year old and 11 year old and a six year old. And, um, you know, I just, I just feel like I'm learning it all the time that, wow, this is what God, yeah, this must be, I mean, it, if the writers of, you know, even the old Testament and then Jesus, the words of Jesus, they compare him, you know, they say father, they use the term specifically father to talk about him. Mm -hmm. There must be something in that relationship that we need to get. Mm. It's not just yeah. a good label because it's a patriarchal society or, you know, or, or whatever, a good, you know, we'll just slap that on them. So they got something to call mm -hmm. the nebulous God or whatever, you know, but yeah. it, there must be something there in the character of God that looks at us like a father looks mm -hmm. at a child. Yeah. And you know, it, it, you know, other than fathers that are completely dysfunctional and completely damaged people, um, even some of the, some very dysfunctional when they look at their child, you know, that's, it's that yeah, there's love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just, you know, so, and so that's been, that's been huge. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, just, it just puts me beyond. <laughs> and I know a lot of people say that, you know, when you have kids and, um, and then I, now I have people telling me that, well, you don't even know until you have grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what Trisha says. So. Mm. so what is Shallow Place Ministries focusing on now and for the future? Well, I have a, um, I, I actually was right before I spoke. Um, when we, when we go to Randy Clark's, we do orphan heart message, uh, sonship. And right before I was going to, speak, I discovered, I ran across, uh, I think it was Jonathan Martin that tweeted it, but it was a tweet of Thomas Merton, a statement by Thomas Merton. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that statement, he says, um, <clears throat> where is it? I put it down. So, I said, oh, it says, you are not big enough to accuse the whole age effectively, but let's say you are in dissent, you know, so you're opposed to the culture, right? The mm -hmm. age. You are in no position to issue commands, but you can speak words of hope. Mm. And when I saw that, I was like, Ugh. because we as the church have been lulled into this place where we want to just tell people how they ought to live. <laughs> you know? Can you just say that whole thing again? Yeah. Yeah. And okay. um, 
It's uh, you are not big enough to accuse the whole age effectively. Hmm. But let's say you are in dissent. You are in no position to issue commands, but you can speak words of hope. Wow. Isn't? That's really good. Yeah. And that just struck me as the heart of sonship. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yeah. here in this world to tell you how good God is and that there's yes. hope for you. Yeah. That's and, good. you know, and we've kind of been railed off. Uh, you know, the Jack used to use the say when he was, you're on a boat. And if your Loran is off by a degree, your, your, I mean, your, your settings, your Loran settings, you know, if you have it off by, by just one degree, you know, by the time you go 10 miles, you're way off from where you were. Yes. Right. And so I look at, at this now and think, you know, if we're missing the points, um, if, we're, if we're grasping for some kind of power because we think pe- pe- un- non-Christians ought to live a certain way, mm-hmm. um, eventually we're going to be way off base. Yes. And I think, I kind of think we're off mm-hmm. right now, but, you know, um, but this yeah. right here to be able to speak words of hope to the world around you and... Um, is is a big deal and and so then i was later on i was like you know what that was great where where did that come from you know where did merton write that um Mm -hmm. and so i was searching it and i found uh i found it uh actually listed it uh on google books in the divine discontent the prophetic Mm -hmm. voice of thomas merton by john moses Mm -hmm. and around that it said these couple of other things that just also blew me away It says, you are not so much concerned with traditional answers to traditional questions, for men have decided no longer to ask themselves these questions. Your main interest is not in formal answers or accurate definitions, but in difficult insight at a moment of human crisis. Hmm. And I discovered that right as this whole pandemic thing started. Wow. Yeah. And the thought that if we can press into God enough to look to be these people that mm-hmm. trust implicitly trust our father and want to be, want to replicate him on the earth. We want to show people who he is and reflect, you know, Jesus on, on this earth to as in, in Matthew 22 that we always use to love God and love others, receive his love and give it away. We talk about mm-hmm. those circles all the time, right? Right. If we, you know, we want to be those people and to speak those words of hope. You know, mm-hmm. there is something I think God wants to drop into us that allows us to speak difficult insight in a moment of human crisis. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. And sometimes that difficult insight might be, you know, love and hope and encouragement. And sometimes it might be a little bit of a a hard word to handle, Mm -hmm. but it will be spoken from these people who are dripping with love, who are just loving the world around them. And so it's easier to receive that. Yeah, I agree. People who are trying to control them. Yeah. Um, And it's the love of God, the kindness of God that draws men to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you know, I've, I've kind of, I don't use that necessarily outrightly all the time, but I'm kind of using, that's kind of what's undergirding things right now mm-hmm. with where I'm trying to go. And, it, and um, so it's just continuing with the same message, mm-hmm. but undergirding it with more of a, hey, we are delving into finding insight that's going to help mankind in human crisis. It's going to yeah. help man in human crisis. And, and to deliver that with the love of the Father so that you guys can see mm-hmm. who he is. 
yeah. you guys can get a revelation of father. Like we've had the opportunity to get a revelation of father. And so uh, in that, in that place of sonship, like um, sonship's a difficult thing. Like we talk about being submitted to another's mission. And Jack used to say that all the time, but there's a lot of it. That's it's mutual submission. If we look at Paul and, and he talks about unity and, and, and uh, it's, it's a lot about humility and being submitted to one another um, you know, so, and Jack and Trisha would, would both, um, you know, just lose it. If, if, if a pastor's preaching it to their, to their congregation in order to get them to submit to him, mm, which they've seen yeah. before, you know, so that's yeah. not what they're thinking that it's about, but it's about just being able to get, you know, submit to another man's mission, mm-hmm. but it's also about submitting, you know, and just having humility toward one another. Um, so there's, so looking how we look at sonship, what is the heart of sonship? What does that mean? Um, yeah. All in all. I think also there are a lot of people uh, confused right now. A lot of people have left their churches or they're kind of floating around a little bit. Maybe they don't feel completely safe where they are. And I really feel like what you're talking about, the hope, the love, those are the things that are, that are going to be drawing people, you know, where they feel safe, where they do feel safe and not judged and that kind of thing. Yeah. The whole deconstruction thing. I saw somebody post about it the other day about the deconstruction movement is dangerous. It's leading people away from the faith. And I'm like, well, that's a little bit throwing out the baby with the bathwater. I think Mm -hmm. um, it can, and I've seen people just walk away, but I think, I think a space to deconstruct a discipleship that teaches them who God really is and who they are to him and who they are to the world uh, will allow for people to go through that, which mm-hmm. a lot of people end up having to do without just completely throwing the whole thing away and leaving right. the faith. I, right. So I, I think it's in how we handle it and how we move forward. Um, Right. And keeping our, still keeping our focus on Jesus. I've written um, one of my blog posts is um, I think it was called lessons from the wilderness, which um, you know, there's times in your life that you do kind of draw back and re-examine what you believe and what God's speaking. And, you know, maybe, and even when I first came into the revelation of the father's love, I went through a deconstructing period of, you know, I began to look at everything through that lens and see, well, maybe I wasn't thinking right, you know, in these certain ways. So it can be healthy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I I did that same thing kind of, I had that, the revelation 2002, 2003, Mm -hmm. and just kind of you know, had, you know, getting that all back together and started going places with Jack and doing that. And then Jack got sick of it. You know, so after that, we were living in Bethel, uh, living at, living in Reading, uh, working at Bethel and the Iraq war stuff was still kind of going on. And, and there was some, uh, I was, I had been on previously on this like old style chat room type thing with some guys that were a little bit more liberal, still believers, but a little bit more liberal. And they brought some mm-hmm. questions um, and so all of that playing together said, well, okay, well, why, you know, why is this like, um, you know, cause people looked at it like in some circles, people looked at it like, you know, the war against the Muslims is the war for the, you know, the soul of the world and the, you know, the Iraq mm-hmm. you know, was built up to be this kind of thing. And I was like, what, 
why is that necessary? Why that would that come from? And and I and I did that. I said, look, I know one thing. I said, the first John four eight tells me that God is love. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of interpretation one way or the other there. It's God is love. And I kind of began about 2009 to, to, to take a whole new look at mm-hmm. all the things that I had been told. And, you know, eschatology, you know, it became a big deal because people were talking mm-hmm. about it all the time then. Right. And so I looked at, began to look at all these pieces through that lens of, you know, I know this because I experienced God. I experienced mm-hmm. the love of the father. So I, this one thing I do know, so right. I can look at all everything else like that. And so, yeah, so I had, I did that. I kind of mostly did it on my own and looking around, but you know, yeah, yeah. That, that was a deconstruction. Yeah. So. Well, we will probably need to go ahead and wrap it up, but I wonder, would you mind just praying over the listeners and especially those that are kind of um, in a place of where they're questioning things and, and just really needing to have that love of God. Yeah, absolutely. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here. Just the honor and privilege of, of sharing here, uh, in this place. And I thank you for every person that is listening, uh, in this moment, Lord, that, that has struggled, uh, with questions that has struggled in their faith um, that their religious background maybe is, is, is dogging them right now. They can't shake things. It's causing them questions. Um, I just pray for, first of all, your love to be front and center for them to overcome them for your peace to overcome them. And I speak right now into their heart. He loves you because he loves you, because he loves you. Your great father in heaven loves you. He doesn't want to control you. He just wants to love you where you are, love you through the pain, love you through the struggle. He wants to bring people to you, people around you to help you walk this thing out. to help cover you in blankets of peace because this time and this, this, this situation, this thing you're going in, you're going to have moments of pushing forward and moments of chaos and moments of, uh, of, of just things bubbling up from the inside of you and, and and just, and even external struggles with people and, and discussions and all that kind of stuff. But in the times when you pull back, he wants to cover you in peace and love and restore your heart and restore your soul and allow you to walk into all those moments of questioning, all those moments of struggle with his peace and with his love going with you. Yes. Holy Spirit is with you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come and touch and minister to these people, to their hearts, to yes. bring them through. And I bless them. I bless them in integrity. I bless them in truth. I bless them in revelation and experiential knowledge of Father's love. I bless them to walk and be a, that their walk with you, Lord, that their faith would be a blessing to them and a blessing to you and a blessing to the world around them. Thank you, Father, for these wonderful people of yours, your children. Yeah. As they begin to walk in new revelation, new depths of your love. Yeah. 
Yes. Jesus yes, name. Yes. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. And I know um, your website is shilohplace.org. If people yes. want more resources, more teaching and that kind of thing, shilohplace.org. And that is Shiloh with an H on the end of it. Some people don't get that. So it's okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And um, yeah, we will close. And thank you everyone for listening today. And I know you were blessed by this teaching and prayer. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit AnnaHarrisMinistries.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast.